So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Canon USA. They provide industry-leading production and large-format printing solutions supported by exceptional professional service offerings. With the technology offerings of the Canon and OSE brands and a vast portfolio of toner-based and inkjet solutions, Canon USA helps companies of all sizes to find ways to improve sustainability, increase efficiency, and control costs in conjunction with high volume, continuous feed, digital and traditional printing, and workflow solutions. Canon USA is headquartered in Melville, New York, and has sales and service locations across the United States and throughout the world. On today's Gamut Podcast, we are speaking with David Rosendahl. He is the president and co-founder of MindFire, a two-time Inc. 500 award-winning software company. Commercial printers, agencies, and brands like BMW, Microsoft, Harvard, Facebook, and 15,000 other companies grow their leads and sales with MindFire's unique marketing platform that finds and engages clients using direct mail, email, and social media. Good morning, David. Welcome to the Gamut Podcast. And I just want to thank you for spending the time with us today and to talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So to get started, tell me about David Rosendahl, how you got started. You know, I know you went to Pepperdine University. I've done a little research on LinkedIn and on the MindFire website. And tell me what got you so passionate (laughs) about marketing and how did you end up gravitating over uh, to the print industry and helping the printers? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting path there. Thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And to all the listeners uh, who are here with us, um, listening right now, it's great to meet you, folks. So uh, my story. So I'm one of the co-founders here at Mindfire, and we've been servicing enterprise accounts and and uh, commercial printers and agencies for a number of years. Um, but if I rewind to kind of the origin of where all of this started, um, in high school, <laughs> that's where this where things kind of started. Uh-huh. I had an opportunity to start an internet service provider. I don't know. I'm sure, Jeff, you remember when we used to have to use those modems that made all those funny noises. You remember those days, right? Oh, yeah. AOL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what we did is we created a, an internet service provider that would actually help people get connected to the web. And what I mean by that is we would actually send folks out to their home to get the modem plugged in, get them working with, I think it was Windows 95 at that point in time, right. to get them to a point where they could actually double click on something and, and, and get on the web. Think of you know, folks who need that kind of help. That was our target market. So we did that uh, for about two years. We ended up selling that and it was through that experience that I kind of, you know, I got bitten by the bug and I said, man, this is, I had no inkling prior to that, that I wanted to do anything entrepreneurial, but 
having been bitten by that bug, I said, man, this is fun. This is cool. I basically get to create stuff that doesn't exist and get paid for it and, and have a lot of fun while we're doing it. And so that company out of high school is what kind of launched me on this trajectory of uh, software, software development, and looking at how to solve problems for businesses that were difficult to solve uh, using traditional means. And I kind of fell into this this area of helping companies generate leads and growing their sales using the web. And so after that internet service provider, I worked for a, a software company, a dot-com. Um, this is going back to the late 90s. And uh, as things, you know, as the world kind of changed around September 11th, found um, that it was time again to look at uh, creating something of my own. And I joined forces with my partner, Mo Barshid, a uh, fantastic guy. We had, uh, we, we still have a great relationship and just a lot of synergy in how we saw the world. And we started to work on some of these more difficult problems around how should a company engage his customer, her customer in a way that cuts through all of this noise and that leverages multiple channels instead of just one channel. And so we worked for a number of years on that, um, had a, had some success with a bunch of early customers, and then just kind of stumbled into the print space where we found that you know, digital printing, variable data printing, one-to-one marketing uh, through some of these devices like the HP Indigo and others mm-hmm. were kind of at the same time tackling a similar challenge or providing a solution to a similar challenge. And we found that when we wove our value proposition together with theirs, working with our, our partners at HP and, and, and Canon and other places, that's when things kind of started taking off. So it was really just kind of by luck that we fell into the market and have been, uh, been inside of it for a number of years ever since. Right on. Wow, that's quite quite a uh, a story there. And you've been an entrepreneur pretty much since you graduated from Pepperdine. Is that correct? Yeah. So my story is uh, out of high school. Like I said, when I sold the company, uh, went to college for two years, and then because of the entrepreneurial slash. Uh, you know, bug that I had. I stopped uh, college for probably three or four years and focused on, you know, learning. And I'm pretty much a self-taught uh, dude all the way around. Um, you know, I can cool. I can code and everything that I've learned that I've done, uh, you know, that has contributed to Mindfire and beyond has been, for the most part, self-taught. So there were a couple of years there where I was learning all of this stuff and then uh, went back and finished up at, at uh, Pepperdine. So you, you were in development and then you found a way to, I mean, you're extremely passionate about sales and marketing and that's a, a unique, com, uh, well, it's a unique combination to be honest with you. Most people can't use both sides of their brains. <laughs> I don't want to be <laughs> sound, you know, uh, anyway, you know, well, I'm going, I'm going I, I, absolutely. It's really, yeah. It's, and I, and uh, I take that, I take that as a, as a, you know, a positive thing. And I think if I could tell you one more little bit of history here that might uh, be of interest to the listener, I was actually homeschooled as a child. And so when people say what you just said, that, you know, it's interesting that, 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 you know, here's somebody who can use both sides of their brain. That's in large part, thanks to my mom, because as a child, she helped me understand, I think what the most valuable thing that I've ever learned, which is how to teach myself. And yes. so I was encouraged in disciplines that use both the left and the right side of my brain and learned how to go after something and accomplish it if I wanted to get it done. So I think the homeschooling for me is what uh, contributes in large part to what, what I'm doing right now. Now, does your mom have a background in education? It sounds a little Montessori uh, approach there that you just mentioned. 
No, no background in education. She just, you know, when I've asked her, you know, why did you do it? She said, well, I just noticed that you were different. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, mom. I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? But um, yeah, so no, no background, but also very, very smart and, uh, you know, obviously committed to, to, to her children. And uh, yeah, that's the story. That's cool, man. And where did you grow up? Uh, for the most part here in California, Southern California. So if the listeners know kind of the uh, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, Irvine oh, yeah. area, um, I've always been kind of in this this area for my uh, for most of my life. I uh, have been looking at your posts from LinkedIn and uh, you caught my attention when you said print ain't dead. <laughs> and I drilled in. Yes, sir. And uh, Yes, sir. And there were some fabulous comments on that post there's nothing that makes our hair stand up uh definitely an idea alliance and speaking with uh tim beckley our ceo when we hear people say that print is dead it just drives us nuts and when we look at oh gosh you know definitely on the packaging side of things it couldn't be farther from the truth print is oh very very alive yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Completely agree. And Dave, we also see that Mindfire and yourself are deeply passionate about direct mail and helping print service providers uh, gain better conversion rates on direct mail. It's just amazing to look at that information that you guys post. And we see that those posts are being validated. For instance, when you say that there's 40% conversion rates when you combine digital and direct mail and then followed up by comments from uh, senior leadership at companies like Sinveo, surely a high quality company. Uh, I know for a fact that there many of their facilities are G7 master qualified facilities and direct mail companies like IWCO who recently hosted a G7 expert certification course for us. You may be familiar with IWCO, Dave. Oh yeah, yeah. They've worked. Uh, we've worked with them over the past uh, probably ten years or so. So yeah, we've got we've got folks there and definitely aware of what they're doing. So Dave, can you explain to some of our listeners that are not familiar with Mindfire? Can you tell us essentially what is the heartbeat of Mindfire? How do you guys serve companies like Sinveo or IWCO or? you know, a general commercial printer, if there is such a thing. Yeah. So for IWCO and other commercial printers, I think, um, I would boil everything that we do down into two primary things. There's, there's quite a bit, but if you, if you look at the, the core of what we're doing, it's either first and foremost, helping the commercial printer generate more leads and sales for their business so they can push uh, more of their products and services out into the market in ways that they haven't been previously. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing is using that same sort of marketing technology that we use to help them grow their own business uh, and helping them offer that to their customers so that in addition to the print services that they're doing, like if IWCO is doing direct mail or Quad's doing direct mail or or Donnelly's doing direct mail for one of their customers, that in addition to that direct mail, they can offer in these electronic channels that make the direct mail all that much more impactful. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely makes sense. And explain to our listeners what that electronic signature means. Uh, Can you uh, give us some details on what that is? 
So, so really, w- what I mean there is that, um, y- you know, marketers these days, as they're using direct mail, are finding that their conversion rates, which could mean anything from, you know, g- getting a response, getting a phone call back, or getting a visit to the web, um, is improved when, in addition to the direct mail piece being sent to the targeted recipient, that in addition to that, they do some sort of digital touch to that individual around that time that that mail piece is being delivered. So as an example, we just published some some data that shows that there's a uh, 40% conversion rate when digital and direct mail are combined. So that digital touch could be anything from an email to something like a Facebook uh, post that is shown to that recipient, it's usually a bit before that direct mail piece hits home. And what marketers are finding and what we're finding as we help them do this is that's um, in a way kind of warming up that individual to the receipt of that mail piece to uh, get them familiar with the brand before it hits their mailbox, doing things like that that helps improve the effectiveness of that mail piece when it ends up in their hand. Dave, that sounds very familiar to a conversation that we had on a previous Gamut podcast with a gentleman by the name of Michael Grady. He's a global marketing director for a company called SGS Co. who helps brands with consumer engagement at the moment of sale. So when we look at that physically printed package for a product and that experience, the design intent, the the messaging, and when that's synced properly with the digital shelf, essentially, so you have the physical shelf and the digital shelf on Instagram or Facebook, and when they sync those channels, that physical channel and that uh, digital channel correctly, they have a huge win and the ratio of converting that consumer experience into action, into sales skyrockets. And it sounds really familiar to what you're talking about with direct mail for print service providers. Yeah, I I agree. And and most people, most marketers, um, most commercial printers, most of the folks that are involved in our space don't realize that you can take a direct mail list, whether it be 50,000, 100,000, or a million people, and actually bounce that up against Facebook or Instagram, as you mentioned, and find the overlap. You know, these days, Facebook slash Instagram has such a wide reach that we're finding somewhere between 50% to 75% of the folks that you want to send a direct mail piece to, you can also reach on Instagram or Facebook. And, and it, it, a lot of people just don't know that you can even do that to begin with. So that's, that's, that's a really powerful thing for, I think, our listeners to start to understand and think about as they're thinking, you know, how are we going to engage our prospects and our customers in new ways to continue to drive the results we're looking for? Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about, you know, you know pulling, when I'm talking about pull, attracting uh, attention to your brand or to your uh, you know, your marketing campaign when it starts out or you do the direct mail piece. Um, do you, how do you get that to pull people in and get them to Facebook and Instagram? Is there any magic tricks or, I mean, is it, uh, t- tell me what that looks like. So do you mean from the marketing perspective or do you mean from the marketing technology perspective? How do you do that? 
Well, I'll, you're the expert. You tell me what, what, what I'm, what, what I'm curious is you know, I'm just a user. I'm an end. I'm the guy that goes to his mailbox every day, pulls out a, a, a bunch of uh, uh, mail and I sift through it and I'm looking for my bills. Okay. Yep. And yep. then, you know, if I, I'd, you know, and then as I go through the bills, I'm looking for stuff that I am going to throw into the trash. <laughs> yep. And yes. what, what attracts me, to be honest, because I'm in printing pop probably, is that I see this beautifully printed piece. Sure. And, or there may be a logo. There's something that's going to attract me to that. It could be just something subliminal. You know, yeah. I maybe have, you know, just, ah, I just really need to get my uh, oil changed or my tires checked. You know, gosh, this has been, you know, and I might forget for a couple weeks and then all of a sudden that boom, I see it and then I gravitate to that. But typically I'm looking at uh, pieces that are, you know, full color and mm-hmm. I've looked at some statistics uh, and I've heard, you know, some good empirical data over the last 10 years as far as uh, how important color and the quality of the direct mail piece plays a part. And then, you know, turning that and twisting that into you know, an even deeper dive into that product or brand or that uh, campaign where I would then go, you know, because I, I, you know, I'm on my cell phone and I'm looking, I may look at that piece, keep it, but then I go in and I'm on, you know, I'm setting appointments to that particular provider, service provider through my mobile app, or I may, you know, be reacquainted through Facebook, through an ad. And that really gets me past the point of actually making a buying decision. To do yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you pretty much summarized it there. Let, let me tell you kind of what we see from, from our vantage point. We, um, you know, just recently there was a study we did with uh, the with USPS. We've been mm-hmm. um, touting some of these stats because it, they're very useful for people. So, as an example, uh, marketing executives were recently surveyed, and 68% of them said that when they combined digital and direct mail, that they were able to drive more website visits. And so what that means very tangibly to that person checking their mail, like the example that you just gave, is that what we find effective is using the direct mail list to essentially warm that audience up in advance of you going and checking your mailbox. And as you're thinking about what you may throw away or keep, that the fact that you've had, even if you're not necessarily consciously aware of it, that there have been impressions that you have been receiving on Facebook, on Instagram, Google Display, whatever it may be, that reinforce that brand. Often we see um, aspirational, you know, testimonials. If it's kind of like a, a B2C situation, um, there can be, you know, a variety of different types of posts that can be put in front of you. And even if you don't click on them in Facebook or in Instagram, whatever the case may be, the fact that you're getting a impression from that brand mm-hmm. is what we're seeing is helping, uh, in, in that crucial few seconds that we have before you decide what you're going to hold on to and what you're going to throw away. That's really where where it comes into play and begins to help to improve the effectiveness of that mail piece. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yep, absolutely. And we could talk all day about uh, direct mail and what MindFire does to you know uh, help these commercial printers uh, uh, turn direct mail into what you just described, right? So, yes. And you know maybe. Uh, 
let's set, do a top three. What are the, t- if you could, you only had, you know, five minutes, what would you say uh, to a commercial predator that is struggling with direct mail to turn that around? What, what would you advise them to do? Sure. So the first thing I would advise and what we typically do with with our uh, family members, as we call them, our clients, um, when they're in that situation is to take a step back and look at uh, how they're going to market with with their direct mail offering. And, you know, it may sound harsh and it may sound um, off-putting to some, but honestly, what we see um, since, you know, it's just you and me talking here and we've got folks listening in on our call here is that many of the commercial printers are – uh, employing a sales team or uh, folks who are you know, relying on what used to work maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and trying to go to battle and get the attention of their prospects and their customers using t- tools and techniques and strategies that, yes, were once effective, but in the modern kind of world that we live in with all of this noise and all of these changes going on, are no longer as effective or in some cases not effective at all in getting the attention of their prospects and even their customers. It's hard enough to get the attention of our customers, let alone (laughs) prospective clients. And so we usually try to start there and say, all right, we want to equip you with new ways of thinking, new training, new behaviors, new ways to get attention. Because if you can get people to pay attention you can get them to start to follow you and start to have conversations with you that turn into you know, those next step opportunities where you can actually start to talk to them about the direct mail services that you're offering. So usually we take a step back and look at things from that perspective before we start getting into, okay, now that you're getting the attention of your customers and your prospects, now how do you present the direct mail in a way that uh, takes it out of this commodity discussion of price per piece into something that's adding value and helping that customer achieve their marketing, their sales, or their brand objective? Um, because that's really what they're after. Right. That's really ultimately what matters. Dave, you mentioned culture, and that is something that is dear to my heart, is an often an obstacle uh, when we provide some of the training, whether it's on-site or online training, and in some companies, it just doesn't seem to stick due to the current culture there, mm-hmm. and that... Uh, is a challenge. And sometimes I wonder, you know, what does it take? And there's a lot of methods that are out there that, uh, uh, like, uh, different varieties of lean or continual improvement methods. But in any event, it's a, you know, creating a vehicle to change culture from bottom to top and top down. And often we don't have the buy-in from senior leadership, and that's often where we run into the obstacle to make sure that these things stick long-term. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, we could geek out on this topic, just this right here for hours, because we're passionate about this. You know, I I would say that if you rewind and look at Mindfire maybe three or four years ago, we didn't do a good enough job in this area. It, it It really took some time for us to realize that, um, and it sounds silly to say now, but you know you can't, from a vendor perspective, as a Mindfire or other service providers that are selling into, you know, the folks that are listening on this call today onto this to this podcast, it's not enough for us 
in the MindFire case just to provide incredible technology and training around which buttons to push to do what they want to do. It's much more than that. Mm-hmm. And so what you just stated around how do you change the culture, how do you change the way folks think, how do you change the way these organizations run is really the challenge and is really also the opportunity. And so for us, this is really uh, more recent over the past ah, six to 12 months where we've kind of said, all right, we're going to go all in on, first of all, understanding that our role here in the marketplace is to educate, 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 and start to change behaviors and culture, as you stated, because that is where this stuff really begins to take hold. And so, frankly speaking, it's difficult. M- many of the folks that we work with, um, and again, we take personal responsibility in having failed to do this appropriately, but many of the companies we work with just simply cannot make this happen. So what we're doing is saying, okay, that's that may be true for w- what we've seen so far, but what can we do going forward to actually affect change? How can we change their culture? How can we take charge of that and do everything possible to get these sorts of changes to take place? And so very simply, you know, it starts with what we have seen is that unless there is executive buy-in, unless there's a C-level or, or ownership in the case of a print company, buy-in, champion, stakeholder who says, men and women, this is the direction we're going. You need to get on this bus. You need to get on this movement with us um, because this is where we're going. Unless we have someone like that, it's very difficult uh, to affect change at the level that's required. Right. The other thing that we see we need is in addition to that executive sponsor, there needs to be some sort of um, like sales or marketing champion who either has you know this digital and, and direct mail stuff kind of in their in their DNA already, or who is hungry to learn it and says, okay, I want to take this on and I want to kind of be the in-house expert for all of this mind fire digital stuff that we're talking about. And so when we have those two components, then we can start to change culture from within these organizations. And, you know, this isn't the, the, the answer to every problem that we have in this area, but what we have found is that it makes it much easier when those two ingredients are at play. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely makes sense. And we uh, come across this uh, continually. This is uh, what you just articulated is the same challenge that we have in uh, quality improvement. I'm sure. And uh, absolutely. That, you know, having that champion, having that stakeholder, having that person that has, uh, you know, that it doesn't mean that they need to be an expert, let's say in marketing, or they doesn't mean that they need to be an expert in quality control or quality assurance or lean six Sigma, that kind of stuff. It means that they understand the message. That means that they're passionate about improvement, you know, growing, um, whether it's, you know, the cultural change where they, you know, there's something's wrong here. It's like an alcoholic, you know, gosh, why can't I stop <laughs> drinking? And, yeah. and, you know, well, you know, you have to, you know, one have a sense of humility and yes. Hey, I don't know everything, you know, yeah. and then ask for help. And yeah. to, you know, you mentioned family. I, I, you know, I loved, uh, what you posted about your daughter. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I see a sense of, you know, there's, 
kind of an underlying, uh, underlying, you know, spiritual aspect uh, to, you know, the way that you're, you specifically, now I don't know your partners and the other co-founder, but it seems to me that, you know, there's some truths, you know, underlying there as far as change and, uh, you know, uh, changing that culture and improvement that are based in, you know, spiritual concepts and principles. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I would be happy to talk more about that as well. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And for both me and, and the other co-founder here in Mindfire that are that are still active in the business, you know, this has been th- this isn't just a job for us. This isn't just a nine to five. This is a this is a passion. This is a calling that I feel on my life that we feel on our life. And so, actually helping people lead better lives, richer lives mm-hmm. through this. Uh, you know, marketing technology, that that's what we feel called to do. And that's why we do what we do every day. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> Some days are very difficult. But the, the, the fact that you sense this, this uh, kind of spiritual aspect to it is right on because the way I look at it, and the way I think, you know, anybody who is in the marketplace trying to sell a product or a service, you have to believe so strongly in what you're doing that you feel it is a moral imperative that you got to get the word out. In other words, if you don't believe in your product and service at that level where you feel you're doing the world a disjustice by not mm-hmm. proclaiming the good word, then I argue you, you may not be successful. You may not get where you want to go. So personalizing that to, to us here at MindFire and to, to the folks that are listening is, you know, if you feel that moral imperative and, and if you feel that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing folks a disjustice by not being passionate about your product and your service, um, you know, I argue that's something that, get, that gives you a competitive edge when you get up in the morning, gives you the energy that you need to get out there, face rejection, which we all do, um, but keep going and, and ultimately get to where you want to go. Makes sense to me. Tell me the story about your daughter. She wanted a new pair of shoes, and I can totally <laughs> relate to this. I have two 12-year-old girls, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a, a, a challenge. And what I saw happen there, you know, the little snippet that you put out there on LinkedIn just uh, tickled me to death. I mean, I, I, tell me about that. What, what happened? Sure. So, there, so there's two things going on here, Jeff. So f- first of all, the story behind this story goes to exactly what you touched on a moment ago around how we need to change culture. And in order to do that, we are actively working on touching people in a way that makes them pay attention and want to follow us and want to buy into the story, whether it be my personal brand or, or Mindfire's brand. I'm kind of agnostic to I don't care which one wins. It's just about getting people to pay attention. And so that's kind of the story behind the story around why I share those types of things and why, um, you know, I, I live my life out in the open on social because um, uh, uh, of that strategy. But the personal side to it is that, um, geez, what was it? Must have been Friday, Friday morning before I left to work. There was, you know, I'm sure you, you and the listeners know this. You, you know, you talk to your kids and your wife before work or your spouse, and uh, one of the kids asks for something, and then, you know, 
a war breaks out because the kid wants something and you know you feel that they've already spent enough of the budget that month or, or what, whatever the case may be. And so we had one of those situations where my daughter, Abby, she's seven, you know, was adamant about getting a new pair of shoes. And my wife, you know, shut, shut her down and said, you know, that's probably not in the budget and that's not something we're going to do. Um, but if you want to earn some money, maybe you can go see, you know, if there's something you can do around the house or maybe you can do some chores. And so I heard that and said, well, you know what? Why don't we have a garage sale tomorrow, Saturday? My wife and I have plenty of stuff that we want to, you know, move out of the garage and get, 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 you know, some space freed up. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, let's combine those two things. My wife wants to get rid of stuff. My daughter wants to make some money. Let her sell it. We were going to donate it anyways. Um, let her sell it, come up with the prices, whatever she wants to do and teach her the value of, first of all, uh, putting in a little hard work. Um, but second, if there's anything I can impart upon her, and I mentioned this in the post beyond that I believe that there, yes, there is a God who loves you, who, who, who loves her, who loves you. And second, that her, her mom and I love her deeply. I think if there's one other thing I can, um, pass on to my kids would be how to create money or how to create something out of, out of nothing. Um, which is, Again, very similar to what I'm helping our customers do by using Mindfire software. So that's to, to set up the whole backstory. We we did it on Saturday. She she learned how to attract you know customers with signs and how to engage <laughs> them and smile and ask them if they needed anything, negotiate, close the deals, and she ended up making seventy eight dollars. So that's that's the story there. That, that, that I, it just I get it touches me because I you know I had a, a similar experience with my daughter. I one, one's very she has an entrepreneurial uh, a spirit. I, she will take uh, items that she doesn't use, post-it notes, put a price tag on them, and then come to me and say, do you think I can get this much money for this? Does <laughs> that have to talk her down? That's awesome. She's right on. But she'll she'll put it and then you know can can we sell it because we have a you know annual garage sale every spring i think there's also one in fall but she wants to do it all the time and then she's in uh-huh. you know trying to figure out ways to you know make money so it's, for some reason she wants to buy a lexus and she's had oh. this uh impression and hey kudos to lexus because you you've tapped into uh, a pr- you know it's first of all she's you know a girl and they're not usually associated with cars and mm-hmm. uh, Jamie had for three to four years it's been dad what about this one and we were just driving down the road yesterday and she was on her uh iphone she said there's uh, a car for eleven thousand dollars and i said is it a lexus she says yeah it's a lexus <laughs> and it has a hundred she's going like you're 12 years old stop and her friend's like um that's like a little too soon for that jamie she says what you're already you, and she said you already have your life planned out and yeah i, I started uh, yeah to, like think about I'm like, there's nothing wrong with planning. And uh, I've been reading a bit uh, uh, from, uh, oh gosh, uh, Ray Dalio. I'm not sure. Dalio, yeah, principles. Yeah, the principles. And Mm -hmm. how important it is to sit down and uh, write out your plan. Have a plan. Mm Kind of speaks to what you guys do with MindFire. There's a, a process in place. And it's the same thing that we do with what we, you know, when we are implementing, you know, uh, uh, some of the uh, programs that we have when we go out on site. There's guys that do it very well and there's guys that, that 
don't do it as well as they could. And it usually boils down to sticking to a plan and having a plan of action before you walk in and meet with the customer. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing that you said a moment ago, Jeff, I think before we got onto the topic of the, the weekend garage sale was that, you know, in order for an organization to see change, you you were asking, you know, kind of what's required. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that an open mind is needed. And, and I think that's a really important thing because one of the things that, that I see is that especially as we're talking about digital channels and direct mail. Let's just focus in on that part of the conversation. One of the fallacies that I see in thinking, and this can go anywhere from ownership to, you know, the leadership team down to uh, everyone else in the organization is this fallacy that if I don't do something, therefore the rest of the world doesn't. So as an example, I'm not on Facebook. Why would our customers or prospects be on Facebook or LinkedIn is just a bunch of people looking for jobs. I never use it. Why would our customers or prospects use it? Or I've never heard of TikTok. If I've never heard of TikTok, why would our customers have heard of it? That kind of fallacy, that kind of N of one thinking, sample size of one, is something that I see a lot of people struggle with. And I, and I always question myself, too, whenever I think, ah, I probably wouldn't do that. Therefore, somebody else would. And I always think, hmm. Am I falling into that that fallacy, that end of one fallacy where maybe just because I don't do something doesn't mean that somebody else or the rest of the world doesn't look at something a different way? And right. so when you when you say folks need to have an open mind, it often comes down to challenging the way we work as, as individuals, what we do as a person and saying just because I don't do something or just because I do like something – doesn't necessarily mean that my customers, my prospects, or the world out there operates in the same way. Does that resonate? It resonates. And uh, I had this, you know, personally, when uh, I st- it, it came over to ID Alliance, and that was uh, almost a year ago. It'll be a year in August. Um, the you know. We strategize. What, what, what can we do? And uh, what, what do you think, Jeff? What, you know, what strategies did you ha- do you have? And I you know, was uh, on the topic of videos and mm-hmm. YouTube-like videos, do-it-yourself videos. And uh, so that's where we started. And then Tim said, you know, what about podcasts? And this is probably about three to four months later. I said, podcast? I don't listen to podcast. You know, I just, at mm-hmm. first, I was like, that's a terrible idea. I'm like, well, hold on for a second. Let me listen to some podcasts. <laughs> of course, I'm not being so truthful with my immediate thought. And that's one of my problems is sometimes, you know, I need to pause before I think and uh, before I talk. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, keep an open mind. Let's see what happens here. And mm-hmm. I looked at some of these podcasts and I was blown away. So you got to be kidding me. And uh, then we started doing them and, uh, well, you know, here we are talking to you and yep. it, uh, has been a joy and a love, but I would never have thought of doing, you know, looked at podcasts as a vehicle to express, you know, what we do at idea Alliance and, uh, how we can, you know, it's a better way. It's another way. And it's a great way to serve our industry. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, podcasts, we're, we're huge believers of podcasts and, Um, You know, there's data to support that the typical podcast listener, the average podcast listener, uh, and and don't quote me on the exact number, but I believe has a household income or a a personal income of $100,000 or more per year. So 
if you're somebody who's thinking, you know, a podcast would work, just like Jeff said a second ago, or just because you don't listen to podcasts as an example, what we have found and what the data support is that some of our best customers, some of our best prospects, some of those with the most aptitude to actually engage us and buy are podcast listeners. And so, you know, like you said, Jeff, a second ago, it's not putting all of your eggs in the podcast basket, but you need to have that as part of right. your, your your strategy to reach people um, in, in new and interesting ways. And if you think about the podcast itself, like the people who are listening right now, I bet you're probably on a run. Maybe you're at the gym, maybe you're in the car and likely you have, you're, you're listening to Jeff and to me with, with earbuds in your ear, right? This is probably one of the only channels where we're actually inside our intended audience. Do you know what I mean, Jeff? We're physically Absolutely. inside their body. That's the, <laughs> I didn't think it, it, that's true though. I mean, it's exactly right. I, I do it. I did it this morning walking around the lake. Yeah. Yep. Earbuds in and, and, uh, I'm listening to, well, I won't mention who I'm listening to, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a variety of people that, uh, spark my uh, curiosity and, and definitely gets yeah. my creative juices going in the morning. And, uh, the, you know, with mind fire, um, you guys work with some of the world's leading brands. Can you talk to me about uh, some of those experiences? In our customer portfolio, generally our customers break down into three different buckets. One are the enterprise accounts that we work with directly. Um, and then the second and third group are commercial printers and agencies. And so when we work with these these brands directly, Often it's because um, it's an organization that, um, you know, needs to connect their offline marketing, their, their direct mail, as an example, with the, the digital realm. And they need to do it in a way that moves out of the kind of the siloed world that they live in. That's often one of the core problems that we're finding. Mm -hmm. And so they'll, they'll, you know, try to do something internally. They'll try to go to their, their partners and ask, hey, do you have a solution for this? And then ultimately they may Google, do a Google search or find us on the web in some capacity or stumble across some of our content and, uh, and engage with us. And we're talking about, you know, Fortune 100 companies that are using the MindFire technology to, uh, you know, on the surface, do some what, what looks like some pretty simple stuff. But once you get under the hood, it becomes a lot more um, complex. As an example, um, you know, higher education is, is one of the top verticals that, that we have activity in. Automotive is another. And then I think second or third, they kind of go back and forth is, is mortgage, financial services. So these are, these are companies that are using print in almost every single case to engage a large number of consumers and move them through a, a funnel, whether it be, uh, you know, getting a new mortgage or becoming interested in their school or selling a new vehicle. I don't think they're targeting your daughter yet, uh, yeah. Jeff, but they soon will be if they're using MindFire. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the purpose is to move the, the recipient from point A to point B and ultimately uh, close a deal. So some of the big names that we work with, you know, are on our website. Um, you know, th there's a lot of names that folks would recognize. We've done work with Facebook. We've done work with, you know, parts of Microsoft. We've done work, you know, work with a variety of large organizations of that type, Harvard University. Um, and, and so th there's a lot of folks who have this challenge around how do I reach my customer, my prospect in today's noisy world where so many people are numb to electronic communication. Mm -hmm. And the answer isn't just do direct mail or just do some new social thing. It's like you said with the podcast idea, 
It's using a multitude of these things orchestrated together in an intelligent way that gets the job done. Now, if you're a commercial printer and you're, uh, you know, your flag that you fly is, you know, we're top quality. We only do the most difficult work for the most challenging brands. Uh, how much does that play a part? And because it's a, a very subjective word, quality it can mean many different things to many different people and your uh, world. How much does that play a part of uh, generating leads and, and, and basically the ROI of the investment they would make in MindFire or any other solution similar to, to yours? And I'm sure you're very different than your competitors, but where does quality play a part? That's that's our passion. That's our heartbeat at Idea Alliance. And we're trying to find ways for our customers that have taken our programs, that have you know done the hard work, maybe even made that huge cultural change how can they market that and turn that into tangible sales well you know that's a great question i think i would answer that similar to the discussion we had a few moments ago around you know if a printer wants to sell more direct mail how do we help them do that i think i think the mindset with or the lens within which we look at at that question is that if you are a commercial printer, so if, if you're listening right now and you're the owner or you're in leadership or you're you know running sales at one of these organizations, and if you are competing on price and you are in that race to the bottom, there is no strategic advantage to being the second lowest cost provider. Yeah, Absolutely none. Man. And so yeah, where I would where I would say that you you should look are at the things that are going to differentiate you that are not on that price vector. And one of those is quality. And, you know, that's an, that's a very, very important thing to pretty much every customer out there. So if you're competing on price and you're racing down to the bottom and you're, you're taking your eye off these other things that add value to your product and make it more than just the print, I think people are missing a big opportunity. Just my opinion. To hear that loud and clear, and uh, that's my opinion as well. On that note, I think you know we'll go ahead and close the uh, podcast out. And I want to thank you again for you know spending the time to talk to us today. We could talk for hours, and I would love to have you back on again if that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Very cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, it's been fun, and I look forward to hearing the the final product and uh, doing more with you. Thanks again, Dave. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day. 